Emotional neurological disorders are something which neurologists, psychiatrists, and other allied health professionals increasingly recognize. Yet many of us struggle to effectively treat these patients. In the June edition of the JNMP, we feature a systematic review on outcome measurements in functional neurological disorder. And joining me to discuss their paper is its senior author, Dr. Tim Nicholson, who's a clinical lecturer at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience at King's College London. He's also an honorary consultant neuropsychiatrist at the Maudsley Hospital. So, um, Tim Nicholson, thanks very much for joining me on today's podcast. Uh, thanks for inviting me. So perhaps I could start by asking you to remind our listeners about the spectrum of problems patients have with FND. And with that in mind, what your major aim was in undertaking this review? Uh, yeah, so the spectrum of problems with FND is incredibly diverse. Um, in terms of the formal categories, it's seizures, paralysis, movement disorders, sensory problems, um, including things like blindness, so it's quite striking, severe sensory problems, but also cognitive problems as well. And these can and do occur in any combination. So it can essentially mimic any uh, neurological uh, disorder. So it's, it's really an incredibly uh, diverse set of symptoms uh, across the spectrum of neurological presentations, but they're also very common presentations in, in most fields of neurology. So I know uh, on your paper, you've assembled really global leaders uh, in these disorders and understanding these disorders. Can you tell us a bit about the process you undertook to generate the data leading to your uh, outcomes and recommendations? Yes, so, uh, so together with a colleague, Susanna Pick, a uh, psychologist working in, in the team, uh, we assembled 43 clinicians and researchers from a wide range of disciplines. So all the relevant, uh, so neurology, psychiatry, psychology, physiotherapy, occupational therapy, from 12 countries uh, internationally, and uh, together with also some input from FND Hope, the major international charity for the disorder. And uh, we then had two consensus meetings where we discussed outcome measures and reached consensus on sort of interim recommendations and developed also a research plan, including doing this systematic review and what the, the aims of it would be. And the first meeting was in Edinburgh in 2017, and it was sort of fortuitous that it was a big, one of the first in big international meetings about FND. It's quite a landmark moment for the disorder that happened in September 2017, organised by Professor John Stone and Professor Alan Carson in Edinburgh, but also with Mark Hallett from NIH in the, in the US. So what we also realised was that there's quite a lot of research going on in outcome measures and increasing importance of you know, recognition of an increasing importance of this, uh, this area. Um, and there are quite a few initiatives to try and sort of standardise methodology and approach to outcome measure research and consensus. Uh, and we use the COMET initiative so the core outcome measures and effectiveness trials initiative in, uh, from Europe uh, as the basis of our, our research plans. And just to rewind that to the aims that, that I forgot to mention at the end of the second, first question. So our, our aim of the review was to, to make interim consensus recommendations on how to measure improvement in clinical change in FND, both in clinical practice and research. Because as FND has fallen between the gaps of physical and mental health, despite being a very common and highly disabling disorder, uh, the research has been very limited in this area. But thankfully, we're starting to get clinical trials, uh, well, decently powered clinical trials and uh, a proper evidence base. So the importance of doing research and achieving consensus on outcome measures is increasingly recognised as important. Mm. So the, uh, the systematic review that you undertook did generate a lot of information on uh, potential outcome measures. And 
for some of our listeners, they might, may not be aware that there are already a number of uh, FND-specific outcome measures. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about these and what you identified uh, with regards to these measures first. Yes, so the, the systematic review has really two reviews in, in, in one. And the first one was to review what outcome measures have been developed for FND. Um, and obviously, as we mentioned, there's a couple of different quite a lot of different clinical presentations, but sort of seizures, movement disorders, uh, motor disorders are the, are the most common. And we found five measures that have been developed for FND. There are three clinician rated ones, which are really a, a family of measures that were initially developed for seizures, but then adapted for, for movement disorders and then more recently simplified. Uh, so there are sort of, so there's a seizure measure, a, a movement disorders measure, which has now been uh, sort of uh, adapted into a sort of shorter, briefer version by um, Glenn Nielsen, a, a physiotherapist, um, together with Mark Edwards at St George's uh, in, in London. And then we also found two patient-rated measures, one for adults and one for children. So, so really there's uh, five papers, five studies, and, um, and so we, we, that, that was really the sum total of what we, what's been developed for FND so far. And I know that you also looked at um, randomised control data and cohort studies that involved patients with, with FND, and there were some outcome measures there, which I guess are, are, are more general outcome measures. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, so, so the, as part of this, we reviewed the, the, uh, what, what measures have been used so far uh, in trials, and, and at the time of our search, there were 31 RCTs published in nine ongoing registered trials, um, and since then, one of those ongoing trials has been published, the CODES trial, uh, an RCT of CBT for uh, the seizure variant of FND, uh, which is the largest study so, so far by a long way, 300 randomised patients. And so we, we analysed and looked at the outcome measures that have been selected for these different trials. And as we would perhaps have expected, given there's been no real focus or consensus attempts within the disorder, there was quite a range of different outcome measures selected, uh, ranging from those attempting to, to measure the primary symptoms, so say seizure frequency for, for the seizure variant, and the movement disorder scales that I mentioned before uh, for, for weakness and gait problems and tremors and, and uh, other movement disorders. But we also found that um, sort of more simple approaches such as the clinical global impression of improvement, the CGI had been used and that's really an, an attempt to quantify just with a seven point scale. So, so three, three notches of improvement, three notches of worsening of symptoms and a no change option that have been used quite a lot. And this has been used quite a lot across psychiatry and other areas of medicine. It's quite a simple way to, to categorize uh, symptom change. But we also found that uh, lots of other measures have been taken, both of psychological factors such as depression, anxiety, measures of quality of life and uh, impact of the disorder and you know through to health economics and uh, other important factors that would be measured as try in trials. So the, the scene regarding outcome measures is quite complex and I know in the paper you, you and your authors have tried to reduce some of this complexity by listing several key outcome domains. So maybe you can talk us through these different domains and, and, the, and really the recommendations you have about the outcome measures which are best able or capable to assess in each of these domains. Yes, it's a, it's a critical point. And um, we, we've also published as part of our group's work a theoretical review of the complexities of selecting both outcome measures and also choosing the domains in which you might measure, because uh, that's it's quite a complicated area, as I've become increasingly aware of 
whilst doing this research. So the, the, the outcome domains we, which, which I think are now slightly more standardized uh, in terms of the international approach, the Comet initiative, as I've mentioned, and other international initiatives that you can sort of look at symptoms and then other related symptoms. Um, and for, for FND, that would be other physical symptoms such as uh, fatigue, particularly uh, psychological symptoms, depression, anxiety. Uh, and then you've got sort of life impact domains. So quality of life examples of how you would assess that would be such as the uh, SF36, the short form 36, which has been used a lot for, for many, many trials across, across medicine. And then health economics and cost utility measures as well. So I guess that even though we, we've made our interim recommendations on the basis of our consensus of international experts, um, it, we're, we very much acknowledge this is the early stage of, of research and we're, we're making this on, uh, on the basis of not of a very suboptimal data we've got so far as drawn out in the systematic review. But currently we would recommend the CGII that I mentioned as, uh, uh, as an important measure of a simple measure of uh, symptoms which not only it has the benefit of being able to be assessed by the patient the clinician and potentially a carer as well to give multiple perspectives on improvement because this is something that's very interesting and important within fnd what's the most meaningful measure is it what the clinician thinks has changed or is it the patient and in certain circumstances it might be the carer who's got a good overview of actual change uh, that might be occurring for the patient so so that's one one benefit of it uh, it can also be used across all different symptoms this wide variety of symptoms that we've we've mentioned uh, uh, that can occur with fnd and so for, for the physical and psychological symptoms, we've recommended fairly standard measures, the ones which have either been used the most or we think theoretically have the most uh, utility within, within FND. And similarly for life impact, the SF36 and the work and social adjustment scale be useful, uh, useful measures. We've also made some supplementary recommendations for particular symptom types such whether it's seizures or tremors um, that, that, that can be uh, seen in the paper so so it's very much an ongoing sort of piece of work and uh, and, and these recommendations will, will likely change as we do more research into the, the best and optimal uh, measures to use. And I suppose turning to that um, you know, this is clearly a, an area of increasing importance so what do you think the ongoing major challenges are with regards to refining the outcome these outcome measures or new outcome measures for uh, FND and indeed what are the future research priorities going forward? Yes so uh, the, the first thing uh, and it's something we identified early on in in our group meetings is the importance of um, getting the full range of views of, of, of stakeholders in the selection and design of, of outcome measures uh, so patient perspectives are clearly critical um, and so we launched a an aspect of research into patient views and there's a, a large study that uh, Dr Pick who, who led on this systematic review is, is doing as well and this is a very thorough review of uh, patient allied professionals and carer perspectives on what outcome measures are going to be most meaningful so this is a large qualitative study uh, that we're hoping to do internationally with colleagues in uh, uh, New York and Africa as well to try and uh, inform uh, the design and of our next piece of work which will really be are we going to need to develop a new 
FND scale, hopefully the one that could cover all this, this full diversity of symptoms uh, and one that could be approved and recognised by funders importantly as well because this, we, we always need to keep an eye both for clinical work and for research work on what the funders uh, will want to see in terms of uh, outcome measures we use. So there's an awful lot more to come on this area um, and uh, we look forward to more from, from you and your co-authors. And for now, I'd recommend all of our listeners to uh, download the paper in full, which is freely available at the JNNP website. And I want to thank my guest, Dr. Tim Nicholson, who's a clinical lecturer at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience, King's College London. Thank you and goodbye.